All right. Welcome to this episode of the Hyperfast Wealth Show. I'm here today with my co-host, Sunil Saxena, and we are going to talk about one of the most important parts of real estate investing. I think it's actually the most important part, buying the deal. So stay tuned. Welcome to the Hyperfast Show, where we believe unlimited growth in business and life is created by surrounding yourself with people who have been where you are going. Learning from others allows you to compress time and grow hyperfast. And now, here are your hosts, Kerry Shaw and Dan Lesniak. Kerry and Dan are real estate developers, best-selling authors, billion-dollar agents, and million-dollar agent makers. And now, get ready to grow hyperfast. All right. Welcome, Sunil. How are you doing today? Doing pretty good. Excited to be back on the podcast here. Get rolling. Yeah, it's great to be in the studio. And we've we've had a busy year for sure. We've acquired like one property a month almost. Yep. Uh, very, very fast pace. And I, th- I thought this would be a good time to talk to mm-hmm. the listeners, talk to our audience about yep. buying the deal how to find it specifically. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, a great topic. I've been buying deals for well over 10 years now. Learned, learned a lot, a lot of things to do properly and a lot of things not to do. Uh, I think the first point I would say is that you really do make your money when you buy the deal. That's very, very important to understand that if you overpay, you know, you just, you're not going to make money at the end of the day, no matter what. Uh, you pretty much have to figure out here's the maximum number you can pay for the deal and just stick to that. It gets very... Um, exciting sometimes in terms of people want to you know overbid and you get a little excited about the deal and you fall in love with the deal so you just got to say this is my number that's it and if the guy you know wants to do it let's do it if not don't do it i know we've had a lot of deals come back to us because we said here's our number and they said no and they have another buyer but then that buyer fell through and then they came back because you know that person couldn't get the financing so i think that's probably the most important thing i would say the very first point yeah don't overpay i mean you don't want to you don't want to start off, you know, down two touchdowns to, to start the game. Very hard to to make up, <laughs> to overcome, uh, unless you're playing, you know, like a Washington football team or whatever. But <laughs> right. <laughs> so don't don't overpay. You know, you make the money when you buy. I think another thing too is look for multiple exit strategies. Mm-hmm. Right, like don't just rely on one. So, you know, what would your comments on that be? No, always. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, every deal I've ever purchased, we've had at least two exit strategies. Typically, it's the sale, which is you know what we do. We, we build something, develop it, and then sell it. But for some reason, if that doesn't work, uh, make sure there's a rental strategy in place where you can hold it long term. Uh, probably in my career, I've had a couple of projects where we've ended up having to rent very few, but it does happen. Uh, so yeah, absolutely. Yeah, if you can, if you can you know, rent it, hold it long term, that is that's always a solid backup because you can you can ride out the market right like even if you bought at the worst time in the worst market if if the deal was structured so that you were able to cover your monthly expenses you can ride it out it might not be as sexy as a return as you originally thought and it might take longer but if if you can rent it out cover your your monthly expenses you know you can ride out almost any storm uh, agreed. Yeah, those those are typically the two exit strategies. Again, obviously the the plan A, which is to sell it like you performed, but if it doesn't work, figure out a way to hold it long term because you really only you know quote unquote lose money when if you're forced to sell that deal uh, for whatever reason. But if you can hold it long term, um, absolutely, you, you can be fine. I think uh, 
you know, next thing kind of on my list would be to know the market, mm-hmm. right? Know, know the market, right? If, if you don't know the market, you know, you don't know, but you, you don't have a baseline to, to judge if a deal is good or not. Yeah. Right? It's kind of like, you know, you used to be a doctor. You take someone's temperature. The number is meaningless unless you know 98.6 is normal. Right? It's normal. Exactly. Exactly. Right. At least that doesn't change in medicine. That's, that's an easy one. But no, absolutely. What, what I've done in my career is that, you know, I've really relied on real estate agents like yourself and, you know, your team, because it's really, really important to find an agent that not only knows kind of, I guess, when we say the market, but really that little specific area. Like I remember when I started, I was doing a lot of stuff in Silver Spring, Maryland, and actually a very specific pocket of Silver Spring. And the agent I worked with was really, really good. She knew that that area very well. So she was able to find really good deals and kind of be able to tell me right away, this is going to make you money or it's not going to make you money. And we had a, we did a number of very profitable deals. Uh, and the same thing with D.C. I mean, there's depending on how you slice it, dice it, you know, at least 26 submarkets in D.C., up to 50, depending on how you really categorize them. So you have to know it. You have to get an agent that really knows that market. Baltimore is always a great example of that, where like literally the prices change on this different on the side of the block you're on, one block over. It's so like crazy, and people that don't know Baltimore come in and say, "Oh, this is a great deal," but you might just be a, like a one block off of, of of your great deal. Right. Um, in DC, you typically don't see it that much, but certainly by submarket, you have to know what's going on. Well, I think I think uh, you know you got to know what's going on today. Like, what are people paying for this type of property? Mm-hmm. What can I do to it? And what will people pay for the, the type of property I can make it into, right? Both on the rental mm-hmm. front and on the sales front. I think historically, though, you should have an idea of the market, too. Like, what is this area done during a recession or a pullback? Right. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's one of the things I love about doing deals in D.C. is mm-hmm. you know, I can look back 10 years ago, 12 years ago now, actually, the height of the great recession yeah, right, right exactly called it, right? <laughs> right. The great recession the mortgage uh bubble all of mm-hmm. that and, and the, the places that were like inside the beltway close in dc mm-hmm. proper like mm-hmm. they went down like five percent ten percent i didn't see much go down below that you have other yeah. markets florida nevada uh, california they don't have the federal government you know propping up the, mm-hmm. the job right. the economy they they suffered massive losses, like fifty percent or more. Even so, nine, I saw ninety percent correct yeah. in Florida, yeah. And you just, you know, you, we didn't, we don't quite get the run up sometimes that some of those other mm-hmm. places do. Like, you know, we typically don't see twenty percent year over year price increases, uh, right? But a, we don't need that for our business model specifically. But b, that means you know we have not had the downside vol- volatility Holy. historically. So I think you got to know the market and know the history of the market as well. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, DC, like you said, during the great recession of 08, it was, um, I mean, I think 10% was the max we saw in, in really close in areas. I know even in the suburbs of DC, we're, we're looking at more like a 30%, up to a 30% in Manassas and Loudoun County and things like that. But, but yeah, I think that's one of the key things is look for quality markets. And that's why, you know, that's why we're here in DC because we think it's well, quality. Well, I, I like to tie that back to, my my having multiple exit strategies. So if I know my market today, if I know the historical mm-hmm. market, I can I can test my exit strategies on the worst case historical things that I've seen. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So you know if you're buying a place in one of these markets that took a fifty percent or more crash. Yep. We'll test 
test your exits against that. Like if the sales prices went down 50%, could you still exit? If rentals did what they did during that time, right. could you still cover your monthly expenses? Yeah, probably not if it's 50%. <laughs> you know, it de- depends on how you buy the deal buy and all it, that. Right. But uh, if you if you really want to make this yeah. foolproof, test it against your worst case assumptions, maybe even add some a, a buffer mm-hmm. to that. So like like we, we like to do that with all of our projects. We've you know, we've kind of set the standard. We want a 25% margin. Mm-hmm. That way we could survive twice what we saw in, in 2008, nine, you know, exactly. we, we could survive 10% times two plus a time in construction overrun, right. With that right. extra 5%. So like we've, we've got a pretty good way of, yeah. of testing against mm-hmm. what we think is the worst historical downside in our market. Hey, that's a great thought, but let me get to this question that I just got from one of my followers uh, right to my phone. Uh, By the way, did you know you can text me at 703-215-1684? This is a new thing I've rolled out. I'm letting my listeners and uh, people that subscribe and follow me on social media connect with me directly to my phone on text message. It's me answering them and and responding. You can ask me anything about real estate, investing, business, whatever. Just text 703-215-1684 and I will respond to you. Kind of my my next thing on this step would be know how you're buying it, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. This this can make a huge huge difference, especially the the bigger the, the deal gets, right? Uh, mm-hmm. if, if you're, if you're one of these guys that can only get hard money loans, yep. you're at a significant advantage because typically you're going to be paying two to five points. You're going to be probably double digit percentage mm-hmm. on your interest rate, mm-hmm. right? On a million dollar project, 10% mm-hmm. and five points is 150 grand. Yep. That's going to be your profit right there. So, mm-hmm. so we are able to go out. And, and it's changed for us. At the beginning of the year, we were paying about 6% from conventional banks, five and a half mm-hmm. to six. Right. Now we're down in that four to four and a half. Mm-hmm. And so even that extra 2% we've gotten this year, you know, some of our projects are $5 million loans. Two, mm-hmm. 2% is a lot. That's, okay. that's six figures. Mm-hmm. Yep. So you, you got to know the financing and then know that that's also going to impact you, your buyers. Like if it's a good time to buy for you, it's going to help help you on on the exit on the sale because the buyer is going to have more purchasing power. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it it, it affects the purchase and the sale, like you said, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So it's it's kind of interesting. To, like I, we we talk about this on the team with our agents. Even though prices are up, you know, a lot, like double, triple over the last thirty years in mm-hmm. real estate in this area, it's actually cheaper to buy. Right, because the financing because, is so because cheap. The financing, <laughs> right, like, we exactly. don't have double digit. You know, right. mortgages anymore. We're down to three percent. Even some are under three percent. Yeah, it's crazy. So, uh, this this is a huge one, both for how you buy it, it affects your uh-huh. your out sale as well. Yeah, I think I think to a certain extent that's actually allowed prices to go up as well, right? Because it's, it's really affordability. It's what your right. monthly payment is, is what people look at. So if you're getting two two percent money or whatever under three percent money, I mean, you can buy a lot more. So that allow kind of allows prices to go up a little bit. So I think that's what we've seen in over the last ten years for sure. So I think I think this is all great stuff, but we should uh, talk about how to find the deal. Talk about how to find it, right? So so great, Dan, Sunil, we get it. Like know your market, know the history, know your exits, buy it right, all right. that. Uh, 
But how do how do we find the opportunities? So let's let's just talk about some of the ways we've found deals mm-hmm. over the last year or two. Yeah, I think um, that's also you know a lengthy topic, but it, there's obviously many ways. My primary ways I do work with agents, so I just have a really good team of agents that kind of understand what a, what an investor is looking for. That's probably the toughest thing because a standard residential agent doesn't really understand that at all. They're just you know more thinking like from a retail buyer or seller. But, you know, as you comb through the agents, you'll, you'll find a couple that really understand that. I think um, you can also look for commercial agents. That's where since our, a lot of our deals are, you know, even though they're residential in terms of condos, they qualify as commercial because they're above, you know, five units and above. So having good contacts there. Uh, typically in a market, you're going to see a ton of residential agents, but there's only a handful of good commercial agents. So you have to kind of get to know them really well and, you know, play nice with them over time because it's a long-term game. So those are you know two two of the main ways. Yeah, to do and I would it. I would say on the agent front, obviously we've got a big team, so we've got eighty agents out there any day of the week potentially mm-hmm. bird dogging good deals mm-hmm. for us, right? And then they're talking to other agents that right. can do that as well. But you know you might be a a not even an agent, right? Just an investor out there looking for deals. Well, I would network with agents. I would go to things like like we do a monthly. Uh, investor meetup. We get a lot of real estate agents that come to mm-hmm. that uh, virtually right now, hopefully in person again <laughs> soon. Soon, But talk to those agents and, you know, bring them value as well. Like you might have deals that need to be sold. You can, of course, offer those up. Uh, you may come across because you, you know, typically investors do different marketing techniques than traditional investors. So you might come across a lot of sellers that would be a great home to list, but not one for you to buy because it's right. it's not quite distressed enough or mm-hmm. uh, just the value is not there from an investor standpoint and, right. and they'd be better off with a traditional agent. Well, you can get your license, refer that out. You still get income from it. Uh, the agent gets a benefit, right? So right. they're more likely to bring you deals that they find. So I would, yeah. I would really spend time, you know, networking, with, with agents. With Absolutely. Agents. Yeah. Yeah. Just kind of put the word out because agents, you know, they, they want to make money. So every time there's a transaction, they make money and really, yeah. Yeah. Cold, cold calls. There's, I mean, there's a ton of ways to get deals. I would say one of the most important things is um, again, have multiple sources of deals. So agents are just <clears> one. I, I guess I kind of classify residential agents as one and commercial agents. Cause I feel like they're a little different, but those are still only two sources. Uh, but yeah, definitely have like five or six different ways you, you do it. And uh, you, you put up their cold call and door knock. A so cold that's call and door knock. We, you know, anytime you buy a deal, uh, one easy thing to do is knock on the neighbors and tell mm-hmm. them, look, there's going to be construction going on. Um, you know, Mrs. Johnson next door just got this price. Maybe you didn't know that your home was worth that much. Like mm-hmm. we actually, we've gotten, we, we got one like that on Columbia Road. Right, right? absolutely. We, we bought three three lots and we knocked on the next door neighbor or one of our agents did and boom, now a three lot deal became four lots and it just makes the, the project even better. that much nicer. So yep. this, this definitely works. And I've, mm-hmm. I've seen agents and I've seen investors that come in, don't really have much of a strategy at all other than they do this for a couple hours a day. Yeah. And most Very people, won't, most people won't stick with it for like a week or a month even. But <laughs> if, if you, if you do, it will eventually lead to deals. Yeah, we, we've had, like I said, Columbia's example of, of where it actually worked. We got the deal. Uh, we've had a number of deals through through that same strategy that 
they didn't quite work out, but we were very close. We actually got in contact and they, we, we were very close to buying it. But it's definitely a strategy that works over if you just you have to stick to it over time. It's a little bit uh, difficult. I guess people in their mind, they think it's difficult, although it's, I don't know what's difficult about knocking on a door. But uh, but yeah, it's definitely a strategy that works. So obviously, marketing, right? Mm-hmm. You can't can't ignore that. A lot of these deals and the first couple strategies involve hunting or having people hunt mm-hmm. for you. Well, it's it's much better. If, they come to you. If they're coming to you, right? <laughs> so, marketing and there's there's all tons of you know different ways uh-huh. to do this. They all work. Some work better than others, of course. Um, you know, I'll, I'll I'll write down some that we use. Basically, direct mail okay. has been effective. Uh, digital, so you, you can't get on social media enough, and you can do this paid. You can do this organic. Uh, PPC, this this still works really really well. So, like, what terms are people? Googling, right? You know, Google pay-per-click and search, you know, how to sell my home, terms like that, selling my home fast, cash buyers, all that kind of stuff still still works. Um, what else have we done with, with marketing? Uh, your signs, right? Just mm-hmm. when you're doing, uh, you know, of course, you can have bandit signs all, all over, but just on your own sites when you're building. Yeah, just make sure know, the sign says we buy property we or buy something properties. like that. So people, you know, it, yeah, absolutely. Because everyone's going to want to know what's going on with the construction in the neighborhood, but they'll, they'll always look at the signs. But right. just make so sure you can, say that. You can, you know, the more projects you do, you, of course, want the sign to, to get the buyer, the renter, or whatever. But then having a secondary sign is what we call it. It says we buy homes for cash or things like that. So, uh, you know, I won't get into a ton of them, but I would, I would pick, I would experiment with all of them, but but pick you know a couple that you're going to really mm-hmm. focus on and mm-hmm. and 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 do. And you know the more lines you have out in the water, the more more more, more fish, fish you're going to catch. catch. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I would say on that topic. I mean, I, we could probably come up with twenty or twenty five ways to find deals, but you know, I think it's don't just rely on one, but also don't get overwhelmed and try to do all twenty. Just kind of pick like four or five ways that you're you're getting deals. Yeah, and last last one I'll throw up there. Just some people assume like it's not a good deal if it's in the MLS, and and you know, true. Most of your better deals you're gonna find them off market, but you know, mm-hmm. if if you see a twenty dollar bill land on the street, I would I would pick it up and and not just say, well, who would leave a twenty dollar bill? Right, on the street? right. Now so, we we find a lot of good deals in MLS still, absolutely. <laughs> so so yeah, set up. You know, you should be in there every day, and also that's gonna help you determine. Uh-huh. What what the market's like? What a good deal is. The more right. time you're you're Spend in there yeah. playing around, looking at stuff. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. You know, there, there's there's more ways. Of, of course, these I think are, are probably kind of the five broadest, mm-hmm. biggest categories. Mm-hmm. And you know, we right. use them all plus more. That's why we're we're buying you know one great deal mm-hmm. a, a month. And and look, you maybe. At, at home and and uh, watching this in the gym, whatever, listening, and and think, well, well, gee, I've never done this. How do I get started? Well, you get started by getting started, or you know, you you can partner with people that have done it before. So we actually allow investors to uh, participate in our deals. You can go to hyperfastwealth.com or or email us. I'm I'm sure we got the the email in the 
the show notes. I think it's info at hyperfastdevelopment.com. You can email us mm-hmm. uh, or, or Chris at Carrie Scholl team, email her. Uh, you know, a lot of different ways to get in touch with us. If, if you're interested in, in learning how to partner with us and, and, you know, have other people do the work for you, lean on their mm-hmm. experience. But, you know, it's also something that anybody can do. I, I, I hadn't, you know, 10 years ago, I hadn't done any of this. And, and Sunil certainly was a point further back in his life where he hadn't done, done any of this before. Stuff. <laughs> and, and I think, you know, you just got to punch through that uncomfortable zone if you want yeah. to grow. I think it just depends on if you want to be active or passive, right? If you want to be actively involved with real estate, I, I think both ways are great. If you want to be actively involved, then yeah, this is a great strategy. Do one or multiple of these things that Dan has on the board. But, you know, the one nice thing, I, like Dan mentioned, that we offer is we offer a truly passive investment opportunity where literally there is no work to do. You just send us the capital, we do the project, then we return the capital with with your uh, uh, the return that we've promised. So, yeah, there's definitely, there's so many ways to be involved with real estate. Uh, it just depends on your situation and what you know works best for you. And look, guys, if you enjoyed this show, if you thought it was good content, hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on anything else. Leave us comments, feedback. Share it with uh, your friends, post it on social media, you know, spread the word because we want to help more people create wealth through real estate. We'll see you next time. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Hyper Fat Show. Subscribe to us if you want to make sure you get the latest and greatest Hyper Fat Shows. And remember, we love reviews. Reviews help us bring better and better guests, improve our shows, and give us the good, the bad, and the ugly. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we will see you next time.